What's up, builders? Have you ever tried to come up with a business idea that's mostly automated and creates a great passive income stream? Or tried to figure out how to take your skill set and turn it into a low-effort lifestyle business? Well, that's almost exactly what my guest today has done. Tina Wilmot already knew the public relations agency business, so when she wanted to take control of her life, she found a gap in how brands were able to get their news in front of the media. She launched Endurance Sportswire and quickly hired a small team to handle the daily tasks. In theory, it could basically run itself, but as you'll learn, the dream is much harder than the reality, especially for those of us with an entrepreneurial growth mindset. If you want to launch your own side hustle or lifestyle business, or you're just interested in PR and media, this is a great episode for you. Please welcome Tina Wilmot. Welcome back, everybody. Today's guest is the founder of Endurance Sportswire, which is a kind of PR, I guess, list or service that brands can upload their press releases and information to, and it gets disseminated out. But unlike, you know, bigger kind of global players like Cision, this one is focused on the endurance sports and outdoor markets. And her name is Tina Wilma, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So, you know, like I've got a lot of content marketing and content ideas in my head. And of course, heads, head, singular. And then, of course, you know, I started and launched BikeRumor.com and grew that into one of the largest cycling tech blogs. So I've been in the whole digital publishing and, and content space. And of course, we get a ton of press releases in. So I'm really fascinated to hear your story about the, you know, the flip side of that, of helping to get all the press releases out and how you came up with the idea. So maybe let's start at the beginning. Like, What were you doing before you launched Endurance Sportswire? Sure. So my background was public relations. I was in PR for around 20 years, um, starting actually in Silicon Valley in the tech industry. So I was there through the whole dot-com boom and bust. And at one point, after about eight years, I decided I wanted to move back down to Southern California. And I got a job as um, head of PR for one of the large online registration companies for races and events in our industry. And I was one of those people that never thought they would be an entrepreneur. I really love job stability. And I always had this huge huge admiration for entrepreneurs. I thought, oh my gosh, somebody that believes in something so much that they're willing to kind of give up all security to do it was super exciting, but very frightening to me. Um, but a couple of things happened that made me change my mind and also have the idea for Endurance Sportswire. So I decided the main thing was I decided I wanted to be a mother and I was single at the time. And so I ended up adopting on my own. And you really kind of start to rethink your life at that point. And I decided, you know, I really want to create this life where I could still have stability, but I want to be able to have the flexibility to spend time with my son. He's 11 now. So um, that kind of gave me that extra push. And at the same time, I was working at this company and I would get a lot of our product managers would come up to me and say, hey, we just signed up this marathon and we're going to do online registration form and we want to do a press release about it. And we want to get a lot of press around it. And I thought, well, that's great, but there's not a lot of major publications out there that are going to write about you signing up this marathon for online registration. You know, maybe like Running USA might post it on their website. And I didn't really want to pay $500 to post a press release on like PR Newswire or Business Wire. 
And even if I did, it wasn't going to reach the people that were important to us. So it was going to kind of go broad and wide, but it wasn't really going to get to those specific reporters or people within our industry. And I thought, huh, you know, we need a way to get all of this industry news out really to all the reporters in our industry that, and all the people in our industry as well. And so that was where the idea came from. At the same time, we also had this golf division and they were, uh, we had, our, our golf team was coming up to me saying, hey, there's this service um, where we post these press releases on it and, and we have to get our press releases in there too. And I thought, well, why? And they said, well, our competitors are on this, on this website. And I thought, huh, that's kind of interesting. And so I thought, you know, we really need something like that for the endurance sports industry. And I define that as running cycling triathlon, essentially. So that's where the idea came from. So I left my job. Um, I set up a PR agency on the side to support myself while I was getting this up and running. And then slowly but surely, I started building the website, um, begging and pleading people to post their press releases on it. I was giving like 90-day free um, you know, free use of the site. And then uh, I was building up an audience of reporters and industry people. And that's how it started. And so basically how it works is, um, like you mentioned, people pay a fee to upload their press release. And it goes on our website, it goes on our social media channels, and then it goes into this popular newsletter that goes out four days a week. And it reaches, now it's almost 13,000 reporters and industry people. And we get told uh, pretty often it's the first email they open to find out what's happening in our industry. And in the beginning, I didn't have a lot of press releases. So I started really looking around and seeing if there were any other articles our readers might be interested in. So I pulled together B2B articles, um, I think I pulled together articles from your site as well that I think our readers might be interested in. And so it's a combination of all of our customers' news, their press releases, a little snippet, as well as other interesting B2B news um, in our industry that I think people might be interested in. Right. And that's kind of how it came about. Cool. Well, I want to back up a little bit because when you built the site, did you like physically build the site and code this yourself or did you go out and hire somebody? I hired somebody, you know, it was a, just, I said, does anyone know someone who could build a website for me? And it, it worked fine in the beginning, you know, since then we've uh, built it again. And then uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, I, I actually hired a more formal team to rebuild it from the ground up. It, it is built on WordPress, but it's super customized. Hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Like I would never have guessed WordPress for that, but because like, at face value, it seems like a super simple concept. So I'm really interested in hearing how it's not because no business is ever as simple as it seems. But no. when you started, like, were you looking at, you know, the different, like you mentioned, PR Newswire and Business Wire and a bunch of others that are, you know, more broad or maybe focused on other industries? Like, what were you looking at and what did you take from some of these competitors to put into your own? And what did you add that was unique to the endurance space? Well, with, say, a PR Newswire, Businesswire, PR Web, those are some of the other ones out there. They're great services, and we actually have a relationship with PR Newswire, so we can distribute um, press releases through their service as well. And we, it's kind of behind the scenes, but we do offer that to folks. Um, but you would look at their media lists, and they were very, they 
they, I don't even think they have a triathlon section. They may have a bicycling section. Um, I don't think they have a running section. So I knew they were going out to reporters, but they weren't going very deep. They were going more broad. And a lot of their press releases are syndicated, so they'll show up on lots of press, on lots of websites. Um, but they still weren't really reaching the people that we wanted to reach. And, and what happens a lot of times is we get customers that say, you know, I don't have a big media list, so I know if I put it in here, it's, it's reaching a very specific audience that I want to reach. And they'll even say something like, you know, I know this press release may not be the most newsworthy item. I want all my press releases to be newsworthy, but they aren't always. Um, but it's the one way I have to get my news out to my audience that I don't, I can't do on my own. So, you know, press release services will get it out to a broad audience of reporters, but they're really not getting out to your specific audience. No, and, and then, I can tell you, like, we get so many junk press releases for everything from like kitty toy, you know, kitty and kitten toys, you know, like dishwasher soaps, like candles. I oh, mean, yeah. It's absurd the random stuff I get that somebody, you know, I think just a really lazy PR person bought a list somewhere of, you know, 10,000 editors and just shotgun oh, yeah. it. So, yeah. I, I get the same thing. <laughs> me as well. And you know what's nice, too, about this audience? Um, it's a very curated audience. So there's a lot of B2B there. So I say you're not just getting your news out to reporters and industry people. It's sometimes helping you grow your business. So, for example, um, we had a customer that does running tours. And he was looking to expand to other cities. And he posted a press release and a job posting on our website. And he signed up four or five cities now where he's going to be running almost a franchise model where he's going to be doing running tours around the country. And people look at it to see who's sponsoring who. So we, we break up our website and our newsletter by category. So you can look just at sponsor news or event news or what's happening with business news. So it really becomes a tool for people to find out what's happening in the industry and then actually take some action on it. Right. So, I mean, I think with anything, like you need customers on both ends. Like you actually had to develop two audiences, right? You had to develop mm -hmm. an audience of brands that would post their press releases and then an audience of people to read those press releases. Um, how did you, like, did you focus on one first or join build them simultaneously? Like what was the strategy there? Uh, well, the reporter list, I had a lot of reporters already for my pre previous job because I was in that industry. And then I just started building up uh, the other audience. And then it, it just kind of spread from there. You know, now we we do a lot of Facebook advertising. Um, and so that helps to build the readership. And then I'm constantly looking for reporters that I think might benefit because, you know, reporters change all the time. And then word of mouth. So we, what's interesting is we actually get reporters now approaching us sometimes to say, hey, uh, can you include my news <laughs> in your newsletter? Um, because they see it as great exposure for them as well. So we're starting to actually let reporters know, hey, we, just as a FYI, we sent you this traffic. Um, you're our most popular article that people open this week. Very cool. Yeah, I, I'm kind of curious how you... Um pick the news because yeah you featured bike rumor and some stuff randomly here and there but i do notice that there seems to be like some other media outlets that tend to show up more frequently for their news and is it are media outlets actually paying to post some of their top stories to your service to just you know to me like i mean i actually did that with bike rumor too like we had an account with you and would 
post things like our editor's choice, just like a quick little release to announce that we had published our editor's choice list for the year, because I think for us, that's a good brand building exercise within the industry for all the other brands and brand managers and marketing people and PR and everybody to see like, oh yeah, wow, they're like publishing this story and then they check it out. And if nothing else, it might be a little FOMO for the brands that didn't get included and then they're trying to send us more news to cover. So it's for us, we were using it to kind of build our reputation and also, you know, get new brands to reach out to us. But how, how is the media using your service beyond just getting press releases? Um, so I think what I've also noticed too is because I know a lot of reporters read it is I think they get ideas for stories. So I've had reporters tell me like, oh, I saw that news item somewhere that you picked up at some remote site, or I saw that press release. You know, a lot of them are getting press releases as well. And it kind of gave me an idea for a story. And sometimes because I follow news so closely, you asked where I get the where I get all this news, a lot of RSS feeds. <laughs> so I use Feedly primarily. And I'll just glimpse through and scan and and um, see articles that I personally am interested. In. I think I'm probably a good represent representative of our audience, and uh, and I'll I'll decide if I want to include them. You know, I've had reporters say, "Well, how come you included that publication's article and not ours on the same topic?" Um, you know, and a lot of it. <laughs> so that's why I know people are reading it, um, and you know, a lot of it's the content. Sometimes it's the headline. You know, I usually pull the headline directly. We don't charge for reporters' articles to be in our newsletter on our website at all. Um, you know, in the beginning, actually, I had one publication. Actually, it was a publisher to publication tell me that their reporters didn't know if they liked that I was including their articles in our newsletter. And I thought, well, that's funny because I'm actually sending them traffic and I'm helping to give them additional exposure. I mean, we're not reprinting the article. Um, and now it's the opposite. You know, people want to be in it because over time we've just built up a nice reputation. Um, but so, you know, if people give me a heads up, I'm like, oh, yeah, let me keep an eye on that publication and see if there's interesting news there. When we don't include it, usually it's because it's articles that are just very consumer oriented. And I'm trying to kind of find more business oriented news um, since it's more of a B2B publication or I mean newsletter. So, right. So that's endurance sports where focused on, mm -hmm. you know, endurance sports type media. And then at, at what point, well, what year did you actually start that? So 2011, I believe. Okay. And now you have outdoor sports wire as well what year did you start mm -hmm. that uh, i apologize i can't remember the exact year but it was probably about three or four years after that probably about four years after that what was the impetus in splitting those off or you know creating a different version of the endurance one uh you know outdoor sports wire i'm a runner so endurance sports wire appealed to my interests um, I also love the outdoors, so <laughs> I go where your interests are, and I knew the outdoor sports industry was even larger than than the endurance sports industry, and I thought, gosh, you know, it would be interesting to have something along those lines as well, because again, you had, um, you know, these large uh, press release services that were really digging deep, and I thought, you know, I think we could use a service like that. And, and there's some websites that do post press releases in that industry or industry organizations. 
But I, I would say the difference is we're really putting our customers' press releases front and center. They're the number one thing. You know, we're doing everything we can to give them as much exposure. It's not really like an add-on to something, you know, a website or an organization is already doing. Right. So I would imagine that just from a revenue standpoint, and, and we'll talk about what you charge and how the mm-hmm. business runs, but you're technically getting press releases in many cases, probably before anybody else, because they're uploading and then they'll go live on the on your site and in the newsletter at whatever time and day that the brand specifies, because I know you can select that option when you upload it. You must be winning on SEO for so many topics, which must um, maybe bug a couple of the media companies that are fighting that battle to try and win on SEO by publishing first. How does that work out for you? I don't know. You know, I haven't really looked at it as much as I should. SEO is definitely something I want to look at in more detail this year in terms of like increasing our traffic. You know, there's there's publications that are going to beat us hands down in terms of website traffic. Um, but, you know, we do see certain articles or press releases start to percolate and get tons and tons of hits when things happen. So that's always nice to know. But we consider the media outlets, you know, our partners. We want to send traffic to them. You know, that's important to us. So we want to have good relationships with them. Um, We will run some advertisements on our website and in our newsletter. So we have limited space, but we always welcome that. Is it all and direct sold or are you using, you know, AdSense or some other ad network to fill the spaces? It's just direct selling at this point and it's mostly B2B companies. Gotcha. Okay. Well, but but one, one thing that's interesting to me that we would like to do is we have Outdoor Sports Wire and we'll be launching a third service as well, another specific niche. And I think what will be really interesting then is I think there will be uh, consumer companies or brands that we can um, sell ads uh, across all the sites that'll be applicable to. So that could be interesting. Hmm. So before we dive into the actual revenue model for this, I, to me, this seems like a super simple concept, right? You're, you're basically, people send you information, you aggregate it and send out links, which probably mostly could be automated right or or not mm-hmm. like what's the i think do you still actually review every single release to make sure that it's legit before you share it uh well what we do we do touch every single press release so it's not something where you upload it and it just gets published on the date that they say uh you know it's a simple form you've used it of course you upload your press release fill out you know contact information We'll take it um, and look it over, make sure all the links are working, make sure it's formatted correctly. Um, We do flag certain press releases sometime that we maybe are just written really badly. I'm sure you've seen your share as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I just can't do it. So we'll send it back and give them some suggestions to improve it. You know, sometimes people just send us basically a flyer. (laughs) And I'm like, this is a press release service. Um, so we do flag some and if there's, you know, maybe occasionally we'll see, it's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty interesting. The press releases that come through, you know, occasionally we'll get a press release that maybe is bashing on another company and we'll be like, yeah, that we can't really go with that. Um, so we do reject some press releases, but it's not often. Um, and so we are touching it in that we do format them, check links, make sure they look good, et cetera. 
So you say we, how big is your team? Um, so I try to outsource as much as I can. Um, so obviously I have a bookkeeper that doesn't really work for us. Um, I have a web team that I hired, um, that are on call for everything. And then I have two other full-time employees, um, that are actually virtual assistants. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, and one's been working with me for over six years. Nice. And are they, what are are the roles? Yeah, that I was going to say that their job primarily is to handle all the press releases that are coming through to make sure they get posted properly. Um, create the newsletter. I'll tag articles that I think should be included in the newsletter. They make sure those get on the site as well and in our newsletter. And so they basically handle a lot of that admin behind the scenes cool. and stuff for me. Which So you, you did this because you wanted something you could do kind of from home or on your own schedule and, and time. But it, it sounds like maybe shy of the weekends, this is takes constant attention all day every day with press releases coming in all hours i mean i know i've uploaded some at you know very late hours in the night um (laughs) hoping they would make it out the next morning so like is it did other than being able to kind of work from home or wherever you want like did it accomplish your goal or is it way more work than you ever thought it would be it's my other baby (laughs) (laughs) um you know it has accomplished my goal in a sense that it's flexible, you know, uh, I could work from, we, my boyfriend and I went to Paris for a week and it was very easy to work from there because I have this team helping to, you know, run things. Um, but yeah, as you grow, it definitely takes up more time. I mean, I don't, there's lots of press releases that are coming through every day. Um, and I don't know if you're guilty of this too, but I definitely should be hiring more people to offload stuff. You know, I, I, constantly have a list going of things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. (laughs) And I need to find another one of me to help offload some of that. Yeah. What are some of those things? Like, what would you offload if you could maybe top three? You know, a lot of them are project based. So for example, we have a customer support service set up now. So we're using Zendesk to handle customers calls. You know, a lot of times people email us, email us saying, Hey, I have an edit to my press release or, um, you know, what size photo do I need here? And while we try to have all that information, we're always going to get emails. And so I'm trying to set that up so that my team can address those questions or so that we can create a library to help answer some of those questions. It'd be great to have a person I could just hand that project off to. And I think that's pretty easy or set up some more funnels for us. Um, we use, um, active campaign for email campaigns. And it would be great to have somebody maybe that can take the time to create some funnels for me. Or we even have a a directory on our website that not a lot of people know about. So I'd like to start populating that directory with our customers. So, you know, just a lot of things that I want to have done, but I know that I shouldn't be working on them. Right. So it sounds like Zendesk should be able to take some of that off it, but you're just now kind of building that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Yeah, I agree. Like that customer support kind of stuff that it's a lot of repetitive questions, probably the same stuff over and over again. I know, um, I think Chris at Mercury Cycles, who I interviewed quite a while back, used the same thing and like kind of got me thinking. I was like, man, that is, it's sort of brilliant as you just sort of build out that, you know, the frequently asked questions, send it there and then they look it up for you and you kind of don't have to touch it. Yeah. And, you know, every business decision I make, I try to think, well, how much of time is this going to take for me? You know, what can we automate or what can I outsource that's going to not make my workload bigger? 
so you had asked earlier, you know, do I still have flexibility? And, and I do, you know, my hours may be a little wonky, but um, if a press release comes in after, what is the time now, maybe five o'clock Eastern time, um, it might not make it for the next day's newsletter. It'll just be the following days. So we do have kind of a hard line in terms of what the deadline is for press releases for the next day. Right. Um, what are, you know, maybe two or three things that surprise you that are way harder than you ever thought they'd be with starting this? Gosh. Um... <laughs> Every, everything? <laughs> Everything, you know, it's funny. I look at my business every year. I, when I first started, I thought, oh, this will be easy. I, you know, I'll get like a, you know, a hundred companies to pay me monthly or annually, and I'll post these press releases up there, and it'll be a nice little gig. <laughs> I think I didn't really realize um, how much goes into the website behind the scenes as it's grown, and you know, as I'm sure you can imagine too, as an entrepreneur, you have endless ideas that you want to implement. And so deciding which ones to go for and which ones to make happen, you know, the, the back behind the scenes of the website is a lot more complicated than it looks. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Well, I mean, same with WordPress, you know, for bike rumor. I mean, it's just, man, there's so much there that one little thing goes wrong or you change one little character the wrong way. So yeah. And then trying to find the people to help maintain that or understand all the stuff. It can get really expensive really fast to hire good people to do web dev for you for sure. Yeah. The best thing I ever have that ever happened was finding the team that we're using now um, who we recently um, relaunched outdoor sports wire too. So both sites are very similar and I keep them on retainer. So anything that any changes I need made, anything that needs updated, you know, I just send it to them. So right, is that are you willing to say who that is, or are you keeping that kind of close to the chest? Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a gentleman by the name of Jeff Del Toro. So I think the agency is called it might be Del Toro Interactive or Del Toro Medium, but his uh, media, but that's his name is Jeff Del Toro. He's great, and I found him on um, Upworks actually. So I sent out a proposal to a lot of different people, and uh, ironically, he lives in the same town. All right, so that's convenient. Mm -hmm. Very good. So let's talk numbers. The um, revenue, like what do you charge to post a press release? I know you have an annual plan, which I, I think is an incredible deal compared to some of the stuff that's out there. But yeah, like where do you make your money? So when I started the company, I was all about recurring revenue. So I thought, you know, if I want to have this flexible time, I, I need recurring revenue. And when we first started, people paid a monthly or annual fee to use the service, and they can upload unlimited press releases. And now we have a job board as well. So people can also upload um, job postings. Um, we sell those separately also. Um, as time went on, um, we added a single press release option. So say you have just one press release you want to post, you don't really want to commit to an annual or monthly fee, um, we allow that now. And the costs are $4.99 uh, a year um, for Endurance Sportswire. It's $4.50 a year for Outdoor Sportswire. And then we switched from a monthly payment to a quarterly payment. So you can post unlimited press releases for three months and it just auto renews. 
And that is 159 for every three months and 149 every three months for Outdoor Sports Wire. And then if you want to just post a single press release, it's $89. Cool. So how'd you come up with that pricing? Like what was, is that, uh, you just picked some numbers or? Well, I looked around to see what, you know, some of the other services we're offering. And quite frankly, I think it's a little low. We'll be raising our prices this year. So heads up for anybody that's been thinking about joining, now would be the time. Um, just because when I, that is almost, it's the same pricing we've had since the beginning, essentially, for our annual payments. And now our audience is probably three or four times bigger. So it's, it's time to increase that for the value that we're providing for people. Um, but you just kind of look around at other services and you think, well, what do I think people will actually pay for this? And I think like a lot of entrepreneurs, we probably sell ourselves short sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know we've underpriced what we do at Bike Rumor for far too long, but you know, it's, I think it, in the mindset for me is like, Hey, I'm looking at it from my value proposition. Right. And I'm a pretty frugal person. So I'm like, I, I couldn't charge X cause I wouldn't pay that. Right. Um, or you just want to make it easy for people to say yes. And sometimes putting a low number on that, it's like, Hey, it's, that's such a good deal. I can't say no. Right. And yeah, it's hard though, because I think people, if it's too low, people devalue the service. They don't think they're like, eh, it's not worth that much. You know, I don't really want to, I want something that's going to be great, you know, a really great product for me. And they expect to pay a little bit more for that. Yeah. So how do you hype that? Because like for me, I, I understood the value of it because I've been getting your emails for years and years and years before I subscribed to the service to start using it to send out my own press releases. So like I knew what I was getting. Right. I knew you had a big audience. Mm -hmm. How do you attract a, a company that needs to get their press releases out there but looks at that and then, you know, like never mind the price. They're just like, ah, is this an expense I want? Like what's your sales pitch? Uh, well, I would say our newsletter is our biggest marketing tool for us. So, you know, pretty much all of our customers probably come through our newsletter. So they're on there and they see it just like you did. And they say, hey, you know, I want my, how do I get my news in here? And so that's when they end up joining the service, either just posting a single press release. We get a lot of inquiries and, and I'm super about customer service. I'll get on the phone and talk to anybody about the service and, and what the value is um, and what they're getting. And, you know, with a conversation like that, you know, people see the value and they, they, they know that it's worth it. It's kind of a no brainer. I think, right. gosh, you know, I should have a lot more customers than this. <laughs> do you mind saying like how many customers do you have? How many annual subscriptions do you sell on a given year? Hundreds, hundreds. And I mean, we get and we probably because we sell individual press releases as well. You know, we get orders every single day, multiple orders. Awesome. So it's a good business. Like, do you how would you classify this like lifestyle business or is this like a business business where, you know, it's huge? Um, I wouldn't say it's huge, but it's not it's not a lifestyle business any longer. You know, in the beginning, I thought maybe that's what it would be. But as you start to grow a business, you know, like I said, it's my other child. You get so passionate about it. You want to grow it bigger. And um, it's it's a bit legit business for sure. Cool. And then, you know, like I'm asking this because the quality of press releases that we get on our end <laughs> varies 
dramatically from like, I can't believe somebody actually sent this out to, you know, there's some really good stuff. Um, and, and it really does seem like 2020 amongst everything else was just the year of the worst damn press releases ever. But, you know, so with that in mind, like, is it a service that you've ever considered offering to help people write their press releases or provide some sort of assistance in that respect? Because there's got to be a market for that. Yeah, actually, I did do that at one point. You know, I say I always have these ideas that I write down all the time. And um, I used to hear, hey, I really want to use your service, but I don't have anybody to write press releases for me. So I said, well, we'll just change that. Let me go find some writers and uh, I'll offer a press release writing service. And, you know, you just fill out this form, pay this amount and somebody will write you a press release. Um, and then nobody was taking me up on the offer. So I thought, okay, um, that didn't work. <laughs> so we do you, put that do you know why? Now. Like, did you ever ask why they didn't? Because yeah, like that, I always thought it would be a good business, but I can, in the back of my head, I can think of a couple of reasons why it wouldn't work, but I'm curious what you found out. I think people say they want to post, they want to use the service sometimes, but they don't want to spend the money and no, and nobody wants to spend the money to hire somebody. Um, they want an easy way to do it and that's not going to cost them anything. So what we have done now is uh, we have a library on our website and you can go in there and I actually have a press release template people could use. So it's, it's a sample of a press release that goes through, you know, here's the title, here's the subtitle and it has little notes like this is how it should be written and this is the way you should do it. And I, I send people there a lot of times too, if they're asking about press releases or how it should be written and it gives a good, it's a good resource for them. Right. So my thought on why that wouldn't work was, you know, it, it goes back to like every time we would go to handmade builders, you know, um, NABs, the handmade bike show is mm -hmm. these are mostly the exhibitors I'm talking about mostly single person businesses where they're both, you know, sales, marketing, fabrication, design, like the builder who's building a bike literally does every aspect of running that company. And so to even think about sending out a press release when they do something is it's just not even on their radar because they're so busy with everything else. And, you know, I think there's a lot of small businesses that way too, where they don't have an in-house dedicated marketing person or, or PR person. And, it almost just doesn't cross their mind or they just never get to it. It's on the list of 20 million other things that they think they need to be doing. And as important as getting the word out about their products are, they just never get around to it. Uh, I was wondering if like, did you ever hear that? Like they just, they would sound interested, but then they just never follow up. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just because they just forgot about it. <laughs> I think that's a really accurate statement. Um, the same is very, that situation you just cited is super similar in the event industry as well. So we get a lot of event organizations that use the service to announce their races. And, you know, they're relying on volunteers. They're kind of wearing tons of different hats. And you know, I just actually got a text from somebody I know, a friend who's an event director to, um, yesterday and she said you know somebody could write a press release for me i don't have time to do it anymore i'm usually the one that does it but i have a hard time finding people that are good writers and i i can't do it and and she has a membership with us an annual membership with us but she has a hard time getting press releases out hmm. yeah it almost seems like the service isn't so much or the service that's needed isn't so much hey i can write press releases for you send me the info it's hey i'm going to call you every four weeks six weeks whatever <laughs> 
and ask you a bunch of questions so I can write a press release about whatever it is you're doing. And just kind of, you almost have to bug them. They have to pay you to be a pain in their butt. Yeah, the one thing that is nice, uh, though, is, as I mentioned, we do have a template. But you can also go onto the website and be able to look at, say, all the event press releases. And so people have a million samples that they can follow for a press release. Right. Cool. Um, so what, like, what other features are you thinking of? What's next? So the, um, right now we're looking at centralizing the websites. As I mentioned, we want to launch a third website. So that's probably the biggest news. Um, I have a little side project I do called Women in the Business of Endurance Sports. It's a Facebook page, and it came about because three years ago, I was at an industry trade show for triathlon. It was, a, it was called Triathlon Business International. It's called Endurance Exchange now. And I was looking around, and there were hardly any women there. And so I literally was going up to every woman I could find and introducing myself and trying to connect. And I thought, you know, next year when I'm at this event, I'm going to do a happy hour for all the women here so we can get together. And so I did. And it was um, great. We had like 50 women come together. And I started this uh, Facebook page on a whim. And we've had another happy hour since then. Um, we got together for a lunch at the Running USA conference last year. And there's about mm, 525 women that have just kind of grown organically. And these are all women that work in the business. Um, and we share ideas, help promote each other, et cetera. Um, and so I think for our third website, I don't think I know, we're going to be focusing again, a niche, and it's going to be on press releases around, around products for women, events for women, women businesses, et cetera. So, um, I'm super excited about that. And I think it's a nice compliment to the other, uh, two websites. Um, there will be some crossover. But if you can imagine, say, a Solomon a trail running shoe, that would be great for outdoor sportswear, endurance sportswear, as well as this new women's site. And it would be a great uh, opportunity to cross-advertise as well. Right. Nice. Cool. So what's the end goal? You know, like, I mean, I imagine just, and I say this just because, like, with bike rumor, right? Like, I'm running a bike blog when I'm 60-something years old. I still don't want to be running a bike blog. Um, <laughs> what's the, you know, how big do you think this can get? What's the end goal for you? Um, you know, there may be some other sites there, too. I'm really trying to package a set of valuable websites and services so that eventually I think maybe a larger company can take it over and grow it even bigger than say I would do with my smaller team. Um, you know, I think as a business owner and an entrepreneur, we have these big ideas, but we can't always implement them on our own. I'm self-funded. Um, and I'd love to see it grow even bigger. There aren't any other, um, you know, websites or services like this that have some very specific niches and that's all they do are press releases and so i think it's a good value for somebody there's a few different companies that i look at all the time that i try to emulate um some of them are uh, well i love the skim i don't know if you read the oh, skim oh yeah yeah that's okay it's amazing what so, they built no it's it's truly amazing so i look at them i study their newsletter you know i look at how they grow their audience the hustle is another one that yep. i really like <laughs> 
<laughs> we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, morning brew. Yep. I'm addicted to as well. And then there's another one called industry dive and they basically have, I want to say it's almost 15 to 20 different, uh, very specific B2B newsletters. And, uh, they, it's not press releases, they're original articles. They have an editorial team. Um, but I really like how they've packaged all these individual sites, um, to create this, this group of really valuable properties. And there really aren't any that are doing that specifically with press releases. So I think it's a nice value add for, for somebody to grow it even bigger at some point. But right now I'm just loving it. It's, you know, it's, I never knew how much as an entrepreneur, you just wake up every day, super excited. Like, what am I going to work on today for my company? Yeah. Or occasionally like, Oh God, I got to finish this project. I don't want to do, but just get knocked out. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Or everything's going wrong and things are crashing and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? Or you check that email at like nine 30 at night and you're like, damn it. Now I got to go do something about this right now. I try not to do that. I try not to do that. I do too. Uh, For the most part I do, but every once in a while I slip up. Um, So, you know, you said like grow, right? Like if let's just say you, you, sold the company because you thought it could get bigger. Like what's, what's stopping you from growing it bigger? What are the things, where do you feel like your, your kind of limitations are? I think probably, and, and this is probably common for a lot of entrepreneurs. I get in my own way. You know, I get concerned when it's just you and it's just your business, making some of those larger financial investments is difficult And it's hard to give up a piece of your pie. You know, I I probably should take on other investors to grow up more quickly. You know, I mentioned we're adding another site. One of the other things that we're looking at to do is really centralizing all three sites so that when we make a change, when somebody logs in and maybe a press release is going to go on one side, it's automatically going to all three, you know, having kind of more of a central site to take care of all that. And, you know, those are things that I want to do to make the company bigger. And I think also just my own, my, I, I know, I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> Does yeah. that make sense? Oh yeah. Um, having some mentors to really kind of push me into places I feel uncomfortable with um, is something that I think most people are challenged with if you're starting your own company. I, I have, you know, like I said, I had a huge admiration for entrepreneurs, uh, before I ever became one. And I I just looked at these people going, gosh, they're such risk takers. And I'm not a huge risk taker, you know, so I've probably taken a little more time to grow the business than I should have. And that's maybe one of my, my challenges that I faced over the years. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I feel the same way. I mean, there's, I feel like there's, you know, hindsight, of course, being what it is. Yeah. um, There are a lot of opportunities I passed up over the years because I just didn't want to kind of spend that extra little bit of money or trust somebody else with something. And, you know, like it it always limited growth when you don't do those things. I mean, you know, assuming they were the right decisions. Um, So like what I'm hearing, I'm just in my head, I'm thinking, okay, this is for my business, like growing it. I'm thinking... It, it sounds like to grow it, to make it bigger, you would have to continue to add more niche, ser- you know, services for more niche, right? Like you have outdoor, like, let, you know, you said women's, let's just, I'm just totally making something up. Like you did one for shoes, for tech, for hats, I don't know. Like that, what you, you know, you grow by kind of expanding laterally, but like, is there a lot, is there much growth room left for the ones that you have? Or is there, are you kind of capped out by the number of, 
brands and media in a given industry? No, there's still a lot of um, growth um, within our own industries as well. And that's actually kind of one of my number one goals this year is to continue growing those audiences because, you know, the the company is valuable in a sense that we have, we're profitable, we have this great revenue coming in. But, you know, my asset is also my audience, you know, especially with Endurance Sportswear, there's not really anybody that has this very specific B2B audience and reporters. So I'm always constantly wanting to grow that audience. And it's really one of the number one goals that I have this year. So I do this exercise every year and um, I sit down and I, I never want to rest on my laurels. So I think what are two or three major things that I can do with my business this year that's going to, you know, kind of move the needle a bit, you know, and it might be I'm going to relaunch the website you know, this last year, that's what we did with um, Outdoor Sportswire. I also dabbled in trying to do a virtual event just for the heck of it, because we're in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> to gain experience doing that. Or is it ruling out a new pricing model that we haven't done before to try that? So, you know, those are those are all things that I try to do every year. But the number one really thing is, you know, some pretty big um, goals with regards to subscribers. Very cool. Awesome. All right. I have to ask, this is a little bit tangential. You know, it's related to what you do, but not necessarily to your business story. But for people who might be thinking, I want to post a press release on your service, but I have no idea where to start. Give like your top three, either tips on how to do a good press release or maybe what would be more entertaining is the three things that you see people do wrong that should absolutely be avoidable or avoided. Yeah. Uh, well, just copying whatever your advertisement or your marketing materials are on your website and calling that a press release is, is not a good idea for sure. Um, I think you need an intriguing headline and you also have to be able to sum up what it is you're announcing in the very first sentence or two of your press release. Um a lot of things I could tell you some of my pet peeves and some of the reporter pet peeves. And you can let me know if these are some of yours because I did a survey at one point. Um, you know, some people, they use I a lot. It's not about you at all. You got to think about who your audience is. Um, you have to keep it simple. Sometimes we see quotes that are like a paragraph long and you're trying to dig through and find out what the news is. Um, if it's a product, I'm a fan of bullets, you know, just keep it simple. If there's a few little things you want to highlight, um, what else is there? Oh gosh, I'm happy. I can send you a link to what our pet peeves are and our press release template. If you want to post it on your website. Yeah, definitely. We'll uh, include that. There's a lot, um, keep it short and not so many URLs. You know, we get people that will sometimes try and include like 20 links, <laughs> their press release, which is not good. Um, and keep it short. It should be no longer than, uh, I would say, what is it, 650 words? Is that the average? I don't know. I, I try and keep it to a page. or But yeah, like you said, bullet, yeah. points are, bullet points are our friend in the media because we can just kind of skim and see what the highlights are and decide if it's something we want to dig into. So Yeah. And the first paragraph, really, you should be able to read the first paragraph and and know if this is something that's interesting or what this is about. And everything else that follows is just supporting that. All right. Very cool. Awesome. Well, Tina, thank you so much for sharing your story. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. 
What I love about Tina's story and what resonates so deeply with me is that she just can't stop thinking about how to grow her business. What's the next step? Where can it go from here? The risk I've always run is chasing that next big move, but then ignoring the basic business model that got me from point A to B and then B to C. Sometimes I just want to jump straight from C to X, but it's important to keep refining the business we have, keep it relevant, and when we're ready to take that next step, make sure the team is in place to allow that growth to happen. I also really enjoyed this one because as a digital publisher with several websites that I've run or own, the struggle to bridge that gap between brands, PR, and media is real. And it's something I write about in my email newsletter, Bite Size Content Strategy. Check it out. Just hit the link in the show notes for this episode on your favorite podcast player or on my website at tylerbenedict.com slash podcast. You'll find all the show notes for every episode there and links to listen to more great guests like AppSumo's Noah Kagan, founders from Strava, Bluffworks, Specialized Bicycles, and personalities like Phil Kogan. There's a ton of great content there to inspire you to build something great. And if you like this, hit subscribe on your favorite player. The episodes are free. My only ask is that you give it a quick rating and review. That is the currency of podcasters, and it really helps us grow and deliver more great episodes for you. Here's hoping you find the gap your skill set can fill. Until next time, keep building. Keep building.